0: Hey, hey, y'all. What's up? It's Coach Herb and Ms. D. And always we're joined by Mr. Venn. And we have a special guest tonight, my main man, Grant Hill. Thanks for joining us, sir. Yes, Um, thank
1: you for joining us.
0: It's been a minute since I saw you because, you know, you're down in, what is that, Florida? Down in Orlando, Florida? Killing it down there? Or people getting (laughs) killed down there? I don't know what's going on down there in Florida, man. Well,
2: first, of all, first of all, I'm glad to be here, and uh, I'm, I'm a little upset it's taking this long to get the invite to join you guys. But uh, well, thank you, uh, for, for the invitation. And, yes, I am here in Florida. Uh, don't hold that against me. It's been a, a incredibly crazy. Uh, uh, certainly, we're, 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 um, right now, the amount of positive cases and mortality rates, it's, it's really scary. So, hopefully, you guys are well and safe up here and uh, over the junior back home and resting yeah we're,
0: we're we're trying our best man we're, we're trying, trying we right <laughs> social distancing wearing yeah. the mask correct washing your hands gloves. you know the gloves yeah at the work, face shield the at gloves. work yep. they have yep. us yep.
1: doing all kinds of stuff at work man
0: so. yeah yeah it's so we're 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 listening to what's his name the the medical guy what's his name oh okay. Fauci. Fa- 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 Fauci. Fauci, Fauci, Yeah, yeah. Fauci. We're Dr. listening Fauci. to him. We're not really listening to anybody else but Fauci. You know, <laughs> obviously, because if you listen to anybody else, oh, this, this is not real.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, Herb, you,
0: know, I- you know, the deaths don't mean anything. Those are fake, fake numbers.
2: Well, Herb, I, I, always, what knew, mean. I always knew you were a smart man, and, and you just confirmed it right there. So I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey.
2: Your, your, your view. Like my
0: mama always told me, if you, if, you want, if you want to stay safe, you listen to one person you trust. And I think Fauci is the one that I trust. Anybody else, not so much. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and my mama told me to wash my hands every time I came out of the bathroom. I don't, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody else, but that's what she told me. <laughs> and I stuck with that for the rest of my life. It was ingrained in me.
2: So. Mama, mama mama was a smart smart woman for
0: sure, yeah, yeah, so let's get real y'all let's um let's get this let's guy get talking some 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 stuff and giving us a little bit of his history and background. I'm sure a lot of people know, but there's a few things that you they don't know, like I have a you know one or two stories that I could probably embellish on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, what you got for
3: us? Great. Thanks, Herb. Um, so, Grant, as um, many of our listeners or audience might know, you, you know, basketball is obviously a, uh, has been a big makeup of uh, your life, but has there been other passions or ambitions uh, that you had maybe at a younger age that you're now being able to pursue or that you're still uh, looking forward to accomplishing uh, now that you uh, are not uh, actively uh, in the NBA uh, as a player, but in other roles?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, I think for me, obviously, basketball was, was, um, you know, was a a talent and a a gift, I guess, that I excelled at at a young age and was on that that path, on that trajectory to go from, you know, playing in high school to college and then college to the NBA. And, you know, and it consumes you, you know. It it occupies a great deal of your time, your attention, your focus. Um, And I did play till I was 40. And upon retirement, it was really interesting. I mean, I've, I've had you know, an interesting seven years since I retired. And I think one of the mistakes that I made early on, uh, right when I retired, was after dedicating your life to your craft and your sport, now all these other interests that, you know, for many years you put on the back burner, you know, I pursued. And I kind of pursued them all at one time. And uh, and (laughs) I got to a point where, you know, I kind of spread myself a little too thin and um, trying to do everything. And so I've kind of come to realize that I don't have to try to accomplish everything, you know, right now. You know, I still have a lot lot of life to live and a lot of things that I want to do and experience. And so, um, you know, I've I've sort of figured out a different rhythm and routine to my life now that, you know, basketball is is over with. And so, you know, one of the things that I'm enjoying right now, and something I had an interest in, but I didn't really—I um, didn't know it was a passion. And that was storytelling. And mm. and so I've been involved in a number of projects. Uh, we have a documentary coming out soon on the most beautiful thing, and it's about an inner-city Chicago all-black growing team, which sounds crazy. Oh wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Nineties. And um, and so, you know, this gang infested area, crime ridden. These guys had to endure so much during their their lives. And then they get on this team at their high school and it really helped change their lives. And it was really a powerful story um, and an inspiring story. And you know, to be able to be a part of this project, bring it to life. And now it'll be on the Peacock platform, NBC Universal next month. Um, but we've had some great reviews, great write-ups. Um, and so that's been, that's been fun, you know, sort of seeing it from its infancy all the way now to where we're about to release it. Common, who's from Chicago, narrated the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonder, who's hip That's pretty cool. Yeah, Ninth Wonder, he, he, um, he, he scored the movie um Dwayne Wade he came on as an executive producer um so you know and, and Herb you can speak to this you know having been a part you know of team sports but I think it speaks to the beauty of team sports mm-hmm. and how team sports uh and being a part of something bigger than yourself uh, learning the values of, of, of teamwork and discipline and trust and you know collective responsibility um you know, all those values are really foundational for success, mm-hmm. you know, and in life. And then I think for for young people, um, and certainly this was for us, you and I, Herb, and mm-hmm. countless others that have come through and you know, resting and going to South Lakes or Hernan or what have you. But belonging to you know, being connected to a group, yeah. and, be- mm-hmm. and belonging to something. Like I think that's that's important, and I think that really played out in this film. So. Um, we're we're really excited. That's that's one of the many things that you know. If you would ask me, you know, 30 years ago, Herb, you know, the idea of filmmaking and telling stories, um, you know, I, I probably would have looked at you like I was crazy. But yeah, something that has been nurtured, and I've you know done a few other projects. We have a, a number of things in the pipeline, and mm-hmm. something that that you know, something is it's 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 fun, you know, and. You look at Hollywood. Hollywood, there's a formula. You look at movies like, you know, Rocky and The Blind Side and Remember the Titans. There's all these stories that that connect with people and inspire people. And sports is about overcoming hurdles and obstacles and believing you can win. And the underdog having a chance. And so we can learn from those types of stories, whether they're fiction or nonfiction. Uh, there's something inspiring about them. So. Uh, to answer your question, that's you know that's one of the many things that that I enjoy and I'm actively involved in and excited about. One of the things that's really kind of you know quietly become a passion. Awesome, thank
1: you. I love it.
2: Would would you say that
3: maybe there's been um, uh, one person or maybe a couple people throughout your you know youth and into your career? Um, that has kind of helped attribute to get you to where you are today. Now, I know talking to Herb a few times, he might have thrown his name in the hat for some of those. (laughs) But in your own words, who might you, (coughs) sorry, contribute that best to? Wow.
2: Well, you know, I I think when you, any industry, any level of success that you, you know, you, you reach, there's always people that, you know, that help you along the way. And you know, I think for me, um, you know, going back to, to my childhood, going back to my formative years, obviously my parents, um, you know, they've been incredible people incredible influence mm-hmm. and still incredible influences in my life. Uh, I think various coaches that I had uh, at different levels. Um, you know, I, I think of, of Bruce Monlos. I think of Jim Warren, who coached my AAU team, and, and he was the head basketball coach at West Springfield. You know, I think of Wendell Byrd, who obviously coached at South Lakes. Um, you know, I think of older players, you know, and I, I mentioned this in my, my Hall of Fame uh, acceptance <laughs> speech. That's, that's my sink. I'm sorry. Um, um, you know, people like Michael Jackson, who played South Lakes, went to Georgetown, won a championship there. Uh, Dennis Scott, who wasn't from Reston, but kind of relocated to Reston and was coming of. A- uh, from high school and went on to play in college, the NBA. Uh, Christy Winters, uh, now I guess say Christy Winters Scott, uh, who was older than me and, and certainly was one of the best women's basketball players, not just in in, in the area. But all over the world. Um, and then um, and then Jerome Scott, you know, and and mm-hmm. so when you saw all these people; they inspired you, you know, and you felt like, wow, they they they're they're, they're, ex- they're excelling. They're playing at a high level gave me source of motivation and inspiration. And then, you know, they're my circle. I mean, you know, my friends. I mean, Herb and Rob and, and Mike and Mike and Daryl. I mean, all of those guys. I think, in some way, shape or form, influenced me and and helped me along the way. Um, whether that's encouragement, you know, I was I was a younger one. I was always a young one, sort of hanging out with the older guys. Um, but you know, giving me Um, the permission to to pursue excellence and to try to be great. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, there's so many people who have, you know, a hand in, I I think, my success. Um, Some were were inspirational, some were hands-on, some were coaches, some were teachers. Um, But when I think of, you know, pre-college, I think of all of that. And, And Reston and South Lakes kind of encompasses uh, all those people and all those influences, uh, you know, way back in the day. Nice.
3: Awesome. So d- there you go, Herb, you got a shout out. You're in there. You uh, got a
0: shout out. <laughs> you but got I'm a little sure bit. Good looking out,
2: out man. <laughs> I'm on the show. i have to shout out, you know. Uh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a little awkward. <laughs> what year What was year was thing. that
1: you, Greg? You played in that famous year of uh, the basketball uh what is that, for What did you say? That? The year of '89, the '89. Yeah,
0: '89. 89, the '89 89 mob was um, a pretty good squad. I felt, in my opinion, should have won states, but um, they had a couple of they, not including Grant, but other players that I felt like you know they could have made it all the way to the championship game. They just hit a bump in the road at the state semis. A um, couple of couple of tough tough guys from Hampton, let's just say like that. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't quite end up the way I envisioned it. And, you know, that's just me being a friend of the fan. So, you know, I thought, like, I, I really thought that they were the best team that I've seen collectively in the Northern Virginia area, mm-hmm. especially around that time. And, it, and, and I would put them up against anybody. Even even any Salt Lake squads that went to any t- title games or um, semifinals games now, like from like 80s all the way up to this present time, like that squad would have given everybody because they had height, they had athleticism, they had smarts, they had mm-hmm. they had they had all the pieces that I felt that should have made it all the way to the ship, but you know. You got to finish the job, I guess. You know, everybody's got there.
2: Well, you know, one thing, one thing I've learned—I think we all learn—particularly when we see March Madness, which is you know, single-game elimination. Yeah, like, the best team doesn't always win, and mm-hmm. that's why winning championships is so difficult. so incredibly hard. You can't have an off moment. You can't, you know, not be at your best. And, and certainly, I thought. You know, of my four years at South Lakes, and certainly hearing you've been in the area um, for, 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 for many years, and so you, you have the benefit of perspective. You've seen a lot of different teams. I certainly value your, your, your insight uh, on that and, and appreciate that. Um, I think my four years, that was probably the best. Um, I thought my, my 90 team was talented. Yeah. Um, but I think what differentiated us in 89 was we really kind of embodied what a team was. Right. We all we all got along, we all come mm-hmm. out
0: together. Come out. Um, That's and, what I mean. It's like it felt and, like a real
1: like a brotherhood. Yeah, yeah.
0: like a brotherhood.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was a real Ironically. brotherhood. Yeah. I mean we would do things like even before the season, we would go up to you know to the health club at, at Tyson's and they would have fun up there. And, and, you know, we would go up there with five guys and we, we'd run our plays and trap and press and, and like, I mean, you know, and this is pickup basketball. Yeah. <laughs> we were always together. We hung out, we socialized, you know, we, we did things you know in school, out of school. And so all of that to me really truly carried over onto the court. And it was really a selfless group. And I think everybody really played for one another, pulled for one another. I think from a scoring standpoint, like my numbers that year were down. Right. You know, I averaged 20-something a game as a sophomore. My numbers went down. I think I was like 18, 19 as a junior. Yeah, yep. and, um, But it was just, it was the collective group. We enjoyed one another. And, you know, for me, one of the, the, the difficult parts, even though I had another year when those, you know, that year was over, but when we lost, it was, it was sad because it was over, you know? And, and as a group, that core was never going to be together again. Yeah. You know, we, we, of course, kept friendships and maintained and all of that, but we would never, like, laced them up as a, as a team again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was, you know, that was disappointing. But that was as close of a group and as close of a team that I've ever been on. You know, that, that 89 team, you know, Rob mm-hmm. Robinson, and uh, Chucky Gibson, Mike yeah. Ellison, Mike Taylor, David Jones, uh, Darnell Garnett. Yeah. Um, we, we had a, a really cool group right there and, uh, you know, came that close. We lost to a, a very talented, very physical Hampton team. Hampton team yeah. um, but, you know, once again, I think, how do you define success? And, and I think a lot of times we define it by, you know, you've been conditioned. It's about who who's the ultimate champion at the end yeah, of the yeah. Right. But mm-hmm. those experiences, those memories, that sense of brotherhood, that is what, look, I've won championships. i won, you know, I won an Olympic gold medal. I won two championships in college. And really, when you think about it, when I think back on those Duke teams, much like that, those, that South Lakes team, you don't think about the games. You don't think about the actual ho- hoisting the trophy. It's, it's those connections and those experiences that, that are really lasting and that are impactful and that stay with you for the rest of your life. And so, you know, even though we didn't win it in 89, you know, those memories um, are, are things that are, are, are invaluable and are certainly very precious and near and dear to me. Um,
3: what would you say were maybe some of one or two of your biggest challenges to overcome during your playing career? Uh, and then even possibly uh, after your playing career and your uh, new profession that you're into?
2: Well, I mean, you know, playing, I think one of the, the obvious was injuries. I mean, that was something that derailed my career. And certainly, you know, I was on a certain trajectory and then, you know, had a, a tremendous amount of misfortune uh, right when I was kind of entering, you know, the prime of my, my right. career. Yeah, so that was tough. And then, you know, I think you know, one of the things, if I'm being honest, I think I think part of my growth and my maturation as a player um, I think inherently I always wanted to to fit in I always wanted to to be one of the guys and and and, um, and I think for me more so in college, getting comfortable with standing out getting comfortable with you know with my talents and my gifts and um, getting to a point where you know i uh, I was okay with the idea of standing out and that that may not make a whole lot of sense, but I think by nature I wanted to to fit in and and sometimes you're not meant to fit in and sometimes you're meant to stand out and so that was part of my journey you know throughout college And, and by the time I went through four years and you know that last year I think really helped prepare me for you know the expectations that were to come in the NBA and so those are just you know I have a laundry list of challenges that i face faced throughout my career, but those are, those are two that stand out. Okay. And then in retirement, it's just, you know, I think, I think every athlete goes through this in some form or fashion. I think the longer you play, the more difficult it is of an adjustment. But the one thing you've done your whole life and the thing that's defined you and the thing that's validated you, um, and the thing that's like been a part of who you are, your whole being, and now you no longer can do it. And yes, you're educated. Yes, you prepared yourself. Yes, you have other things to pursue. Um, but sort of getting out of your head that you're no longer a player, and now you know you have to to move forward. That's that's you know that's easier said than done. And uh, and so that transition um, has been you know it, it's been interesting for me, and it's been a more challenging than I thought it would be. Um, you know, and so I, I miss playing, you know, I, I miss it dearly. And, um, and just as I'm sure anyone, I mean, you know, Herb obviously played and, you know, I'm sure there's a part of you that still misses playing um, and, 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 and whatever level you end up playing or you stop playing, you know, it's such a part of who you are, but uh, at 40 years old, now you have to like, okay, now I got to figure out and do something totally different. <laughs> and it was funny, it was really funny, and my wife laughs at it all the time. But, you know, for, for 20 years, you're in the NBA, and in the NBA, you play at night. And so games, you know, by the time you leave an arena, it's 10, 1030 at night. A lot of times, you're traveling after the game. So I've seen Herbert. at, you know, the Wizards games, he come watch you play or whatever. We see each other in the back after the game. And I'm driving to Dallas with the team, and we're flying, you know, to Orlando. And so you're not getting in until, you know, 3 a.m. You got a game the next day. And so you're on this sort of rhythm where you're you're up at night, so you take naps during the day. And so from like 12 to two, one to three, you're conditioned to take a nap. And you do that all season, you know, game days, after practice, whatever. And so now as I transition, now a lot of times I'll be in a, you know, in a lunch meeting and I'll have, a, I'll have a meeting afterwards. And my body's like, hey, it's time to go to sleep. You know? <laughs> so I know when I have a meeting at like one, two o'clock, I'm gonna be fighting sleep, you know? But my body is so accustomed to that. And so that's just mm-hmm. a small example. But even now, seven years later, if I've had lunch, and I'm sitting down somewhere, or I'm on the couch. get <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> so it. That sounds like us, too.
3: And
0: our world is called the itis, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Once you
1: get the itis, yep. <laughs>
3: Um, So one thing, Grant, while I was, uh, you know, doing some research to try and make sure that we have some, you know, thoughtful questions so our listeners can learn a lot about you because, you know, you've had an amazing, um, you know, career in life so far outside of the NBA as well. One of the things that I kind of learned about while doing some research was about your art collection. Would you be able to kind of talk about your art collection and and, uh, what you uh, speak a little bit more specifically what it is and what you do with it?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, that that's, you know, that's something that, um, you know, my parents, my dad is an avid collector and, um, you know, I didn't necessarily understand or, or appreciate it when I was, you know, living with my parents and during, you know, my formative years. And then when I got to college, um, you know, I was in Durham and I had my first apartment my junior year and um, at the mall there in Durham, there was this gallery and there was this artist named Ernie Barnes, who uh, you may or may not have heard of, but Ernie Barnes, his artwork was featured on Good Times. And J.J. was was a painter, and the images, the paintings that you saw at the beginning and the end of the show, with the elongated Yeah, thing,
1: with that famous lady like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: That was uh, Ernie Barnes, and I found out that he was from Durham, um, mm-hmm. and... He also played in the NFL, but he became, a, became an artist. And there was this print, and it was called Duke Fast Break. And he was commissioned by the mayor of Durham back in the, the mid-'80s to, to, to create this, this, this painting. So it had Johnny Dawkins oh, in, wow. in Cameron Indoor Stadium, you know, against North Carolina, finger rolling <laughs> you know, the basket with the crowd and everything in that style of, 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 of art. And so I bought it. I had a, you know, I had a limited budget. It was like $20 for the print. And I got it framed and I put it up. And so that was my first piece. And then when I moved on to Detroit and then my budget changed a bit, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I started to inquire about a lot of the artists that my parents collected. And, oh, cool. you know, and then I you know, just really wanted to decorate the house, like the house I grew up in. And so in a real short period of time, I amassed, Quite a collection and we ended up having it go we got it cataloged so we created a book we ended up having a, a tour so over two and a half years it visited seven different cities that had a kind of personal family connection uh it was at the new orleans museum of art where my mom is from it was at morgan state university um so oh, morgan where my dad oh you you were, you were, I have family
1: who have just graduated from there. Multiple, multiple members. Of, yeah,
2: my dad's from Baltimore. The Dallas Museum of Art, where I was born, uh, we had it in Houston, in Texas Southern. My curator, my uh, curator was from uh, Houston, uh, and so anyway, we, we we had a few other cities and locations, and uh, and so you know, since then, I was in oh three oh four, early oh five you know, we just continued to collect and uh, we have put together a pretty, pretty important, pretty significant collection. And a lot of the initial early art was African-American art, sort of the masters. So a lot of the artists were already, you know, had already passed away and they were kind of pioneers in, uh, in the world of, of, of Africa, in the genre of African-American art. And now I've started to transition to more contemporary African-American art. And what's interesting is that now it's like really hot to be black. And uh, <laughs> <But> black art. <laughs> uh, prices have gone through the roof now. And so now, you know, not that you buy art for this reason. You know, you wanna buy art that's, that's good art. You wanna you know, buy art that, that maintains its value. But, you know, as you, you go through and appraise your art, value has really jumped through the hoops. And so it's actually been one of my better investments not that, not that I bought for that reason. So, um, but we love it. You know, we have too much art. My wife's always like, "No more art. We're not buying anymore," and I keep buying more. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so that's a source of contention at home. But um, you know, that—that's another to your to your question earlier. That was not something when I was in school that I necessarily thought I you know I, I didn't understand it. I thought it was, it was silly. yeah through the years that's become you know a real passion of mine um uh, to be able to you know support black, and some black artists out there.
0: So are you still collecting now do you, um or is it kind of slowed down a little bit because
2: yeah you know what it it, it yes I mean I'm still collecting don't tell my wife um yeah uh, yeah I mean there's, there's, there's great art out there and Particularly a lot of great contemporary art, you know artists who are our age who who yeah. who had a different set of experiences than you know folks back in the forties and fifties, and so a lot of their art represents current you know present day, present day um but also it's it it's more relatable in a sense because you know we, we we've gone through the same sort of similar experience women and women. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, so was,
0: basically, some of them are sitting in that room we went and sat in, and you were like, look at this, look at this. Remember that room that it was like kind of your office, but it had like everything in there.
2: <laughs> some of the, <laughs> you know, it was, a majority, I mean, we, yeah, I did show you my my little office, and, and there was a yeah. lot kind of on the floor and kind of. Yeah. But most of the art we have in storage. And oh, okay. we're trying to figure out, we may do another, you know, tour exhibit. Because great art is meant to be seen, not put in some climate-controlled storage facility. Um, and so, um, so we're, we're figuring out sort of what to do with it. Maybe do some temporary loans to some museums. And, and uh, but anyway, yeah, it's it's been a, a fun hobby and passion uh, of ours.
0: That's pretty so, cool. You know what? Be uh, it'll be kind of awkward, but also great at the same time because. Um, when we do get out of all this craziness, it would actually be awesome if you guys take maybe two, three art that you would be able to um, have maybe sent to the YMCA of Reston. You know, we I was thinking our that too. Gala. We
1: have our gallery and, and our gala and all of that.
0: Because gym. we have a gallery now. I don't, You haven't been there in a while, Grant, but like we, our gym got split in half, the basketball mm-hmm. court. And so now there's a there's a kind of a wait, kind of a waiting area, kind of loungy area that we have mm-hmm. downstairs that has already have set up for art. To right. have like a gallery in there. It's like maybe yes. five, six
1: It's about, I I believe I had them put up about seven or eight different areas where, well, it's one long wall, right? But you can put up multiple multiple paintings and even hang them up above each other. So we can take maybe like, I don't know, 10 to 12 paintings I feel like along that area and display them or
2: a smaller amount. Look at y'all negotiating on behalf of the Y. (laughs)
1: We're wow. trying
2: to. <laughs> I spent a lot of money. They, they <laughs> put the gym out, and is it more like a like a multi-purpose room, or is it is it a gallery that you've inc- incorporated? Um,
1: it's like it's one a, it's ma- a multi-purpose. It's a multi-purpose room. Yeah. They have a kids area where you can go and like do STEM or go on the computer. Or, you know, just a different type of area for kids that are above, I believe, and Ben could correct me, but at least above the age of six or seven. And then you have our gallery area where you can just relax and sit and take in the Wi-Fi and do what you need to do on your electronics. And then we have a wall where we want to display artwork. And we want people from all around to just display their artwork and even sell it if they wanted it to be sold. So That's
2: cool. That's the vision. I look forward to checking it out. When, when, yeah. we of, um,
1: when we get back to some
0: level of... When we get back to some level of... Normal. <laughs> normal,
1: right. right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, like how how has your family, like even your extended family, as far as you know, um, your wife's family and you and mm-hmm. your mom and dad, you, how have y'all coped, I guess, really haven't really seen each other, right? I mean, it's kind of difficult to get get around family members right around this time because also they're up in age as well. So Mm
2: -hmm. that's a
0: little concerning too, right?
2: No, it's been tough. You know, I I think this is probably the longest time that I've probably gone without seeing my parents.
0: Right.
2: I I, I don't think I saw them, it was probably my daughter's birthday in in late January. So that was the last time that I, you know, I think we were scheduled to see them at the Final Four, um, which obviously was called off. Um, that was heartbreaking, by the way. What was
0: that? <laughs> it was heartbreaking, by the way. It was actually—I don't know. I think we spoke that week, and I was like, "Yo, gee, y'all can't call this thing off, man."
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I
0: was like, "Please don't call it off. I'm coming to Atlanta. My brother lives there. My goddaughter lives there." I'm like, "But then, well, you know."
2: Well, well, there's
0: yeah, I played safe though.
2: Well, well, the next Final Four is in Indianapolis. So you you guys will, I know, is it Indianapolis?
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's what it said. That's what it's slated to be, yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to give him a mulligan and bring it back to Atlanta in a couple of years, though. But we'll see.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it, um, but no, I mean, my my parents, you know, I am worried they're in their 70s. And, you know, they're very disciplined. And, you know, it's funny. you know, I, I talk to them every day, and and at one point, I don't know, maybe a, a couple of months ago, um, I was talking to my mother, and she said that they, and she was kind of lecturing me, but just you know, stay, making sure that we're doing all the things necessary on our end, mm-hmm. she how it, it enters through the mouth, and how they gargle, you know, they'll gargle five, six times a day, and I'm thinking, y'all know, y'all don't go nowhere, like, you know, you're in. That- <laughs> Gargling at 11 a.m. and one p. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> right. they got a schedule.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say they just want to make sure they're straight.
2: <laughs> so, you know what? Hey, I'm not mad it's at least their breath is okay. You know that's
0: right. Point. Right. Hey, if they have to wear a mask they, they, they don't have to smell. it. <laughs> Correct. At that. least
1: they
2: don't have. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, at least they're taking all the precautions, so I'm not as worried. Like I know they're they're doing what they have to do. Um, but you know, we're all inconvenienced, you know, and, and what, you know, my parents up there, we're down here, my in-laws are in Canada. Um, I think all of us, particularly with, with, with older, uh, family members, you know, we're making sure that they're taking the necessary precautions and, and uh, following the guidelines. And, uh, and so I know my in-laws are doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. my parents are doing that and, uh, and I know we're doing that, you know, and so that That's the most most important thing.
1: Do you find yourself doing, have you been doing any Zoom calls with them though? (laughs) Are they able to do that?
2: Yeah, you know, my dad, my dad is not a big tech, he just got a cell phone. So he's not, you know, like I'll, 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 maybe in the last week.
0: Oh, Calvin.
2: But like, and really the reason he got it was so I could send pictures of my children. And so, he knows how to receive the pictures. Kind of
1: but says,
0: nothing else. That's you no know, like I, mean, I, 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 you know, I texted him one time, man. It was the funniest thing. I texted him one time and he called me back. And I don't know. Like, oh, you know you could have just texted me back, right? And he was like, What? No. I wanna to talk to you, man. I was like, Okay, but I mean <laughs>
2: No, my, my dad's like, he's always been, he's always said that he doesn't believe in texting or emailing. He says it's like right. it, it's eternal and it's evidence. And so, you know, and so he, he doesn't, he's not a big texter. But um, I've been on a couple Zoom, you know, panel discussions and things with my mom, um, you know, a couple of those. But I've been on this Zoom a lot. Like it, it, it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, Like, I didn't even know what Zoom was a year ago. I know, isn't that
0: crazy? I mean, just think about the people that invested in Zoom.
2: I know, right? But, you know, I have this theory. I have this theory, and I want to get y'all's thoughts on it. So, Zoom has been great because it's allowed us to see each other and, and, you know, socially continue to interact. I know, her. we've had a couple of Zoom, Mm -hmm. you know, you invited me to a couple of of Zoom uh, calls uh, with some some, former Seahawks. Uh, I know from a business standpoint now, you know, business can still, you know, can still survive during this COVID. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting that I feel like technology, it gives us the illusion of being connected. And so let me expound on that. So herb, I know her, we've known each other for 30 plus years, which is crazy to even say. Can't believe it. Right? But if I follow Herb on social media and I see what he's doing, what he's posting, and what like I feel like I'm connected, and vice yeah. versa. Now the reality is he's only showing what he wants everybody to see. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so instead of picking up the phone and calling her. Or instead of texting her, it's almost like I, I don't need to do that because I can I can go right here and see what he's yeah, doing. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. do we start thinking about Amazon and how we shop, mm-hmm. and we used to go to malls and we'd go in stores and we'd see people and you go to the even now grocery stores. You know, you can get groceries delivered. And delivered. I
1: literally order everything. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll drive up and pick it up and yeah, put just talking. <laughs> you just leave. And exactly. So, exactly.
2: So we've all experienced that, and that's my point. And so technology was was invented to provide convenience for all of us, and it has. But even yeah. going to the grocery store, like you go every Saturday morning, you're gonna see people in your community. You're gonna see that teller. Mm-hmm. You're contributing to the social fabric of your community. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a restaurant. You go there. You're gonna see the waiter, the people there. You're like you're part of that community in that restaurant, and it's almost like. And it's really been magnified during this COVID, obviously. But Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know, like I feel like we're wired for connection. You know, if you go Mm -hmm. back, allow me to, you know, I'm sorry, I know I'm on my little soapbox. No,
1: you're fine, because that's exactly what's happening.
2: But we're wired for connection. We're wired since the hunter-gatherers to work together in collaboration. And even with Zoom, you're gonna see, I think you're gonna see businesses coming out of this saying, hey, why do we have all this office space? You know, we'll go from 3,000 square feet to 700 square feet, and we'll have most of our employees work from home. And so, yeah, making it convenient, but you're losing that connectivity. That
0: connectivity,
2: yeah. I just think it's interesting as we sort of are the guinea pigs with technology and social media how it almost can can provide a bit of an illusion maybe i'm wrong but that's that's
0: my uh, man i I was i was just talking about that i was just talking about that the other day because i'm i'm a people person i'm always trying to like i talk to a lot of people talk to a lot of different people i don't care what you are what what you're about it's just the conversation is actually the part that i'm like the connection, like face-to-face, you know, talking to a person mm-hmm. on the phone or just anything. And it's just weird to me that people, like, they're, they're trying to turn us into introverts, basically. That's what's going to happen. It's like you're not going to be able to, you know, look somebody in the eye and be like, look, man, how's everything going? You know, yeah. so it's, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit interesting how, Times might change, not for the good, I don't think, in my opinion anyway. Um, but
1: I mean that's how we got like, started that's why I,
0: yeah, that's why I go to like, you know, sporting events. Even after my son graduated from South Lake a couple of years ago, I still went to football games even though he didn't play anymore. Because it felt like, oh, you know, I was connected. I was still, and I knew a couple of kids that played with him. So mm-hmm. I went to see them play and chit chat with their family and, you know, kind of a gathering, you know, and then I became kind of like the, the elder statement guy that was just there. <laughs> oh, Herb's there. Yeah. Okay. Herb's going to be at the game or, you know, vice versa, you know, but it's, I, I felt like that's the social part of it, you know?
2: Well, there's probably something edifying about for you to go and be a part of it you know and right. and and i, and I think we, we we desire that we crave that and, mm-hmm. and i think that's perfectly normal and you're right i almost feel like i mean we're older so we we have perspective and we, we you know i like to say you know <laughs> so when i was when i when i thought i had a little bit more swagger when i was in college you know you go to a party or you go to a different campus and you might meet a young lady you know you had to talk to, them. You, had to right. you, know, you had to go up and, and and interact and and you pick up on body language and the social cues and right. you you know what I'm saying and that comes from from doing it it comes from yeah. engaging with people and i used to joke that you know i would i would you know if i if i gave you know a young lady my number we exchanged numbers i'd give her a quarter and you know the joke was you know I, i'm going to give one call you know what i'm saying and but right. you look really good, I give her two quarters and, uh <laughs> <laughs> but um I digress, but um, I feel like like kids today you you have children, I have children, yeah. and I worry that not so much from the dating standpoint you know but but just the the ability to interact, interact. And, to, mm-hmm. and everything is done you know yep. here you know yeah. and, yeah. and and so. So much of life to me is what you're saying, interacting, Mm -hmm. selling yourself, being able to communicate, you know, picking up on social cues from from colleagues, from your boss, all of that is important. And I just feel like it's almost stunning these young people's development because that's all they know. Yeah. All the benefit that we have, where we, you know, we we had a time, I remember when I was the remote control. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. You know what I'm like I was the remote, you know. And, and, and now it's just it's just very different than what the experience that we had coming up. And uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. You know, down the road, over time, what kind of impact that has on this this young generation. Yeah. 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 You
0: know? hey, all Mr. Ben, how are you doing, man? You all right back
3: there? Yeah, doing doing well it's great to great to hear the discussion i, I like i like you know talking about different aspects and, and getting to and hear different things i was going to actually uh ask grant if uh we you know we talked about collections uh earlier and uh another aspect that a lot of people probably probably know but if they don't uh you know you've you've racked up a few uh awards or a few accolades uh throughout your uh career and things like that and i was kind of curious is there one in particular that really means a lot to you, and would you be able to kind of explain why it means so much?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, honestly, I never was a huge fan of, like, individual awards, wow. um, particularly, you know, as it relates to a team sport. I mean, I feel like the ultimate award is winning, you know, winning a championship and, uh, and winning together as a group. Um, but, you know, I think to answer your question, probably the Hall of Fame, and uh, in 2018, I was enshrined, you know, into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, and and that's one of those things where it's never really something that's like a goal, you know. It's almost like one of those things when you're when you're you know playing, you think of as like for old people, you know. It's like down the road, and you know, it's never really on your radar, and and so w- once it's over with, and and I even thought, like, I didn't really need it to, to validate my career or, you know, because I had a weird career with the injuries and so on and so forth. But, you know, that, that call, that announcement, uh, that experience, her, you know, Herb, you, you were up there. Um, you know, it, it just, it just kind of like whatever, you know, I, I felt like because of my injury, and I fought through that, and I came back and I played, and I wasn't the same, I was more of a, of a role player, but i felt um I felt like my career was incomplete, and I felt like I just never got the chance to see it all the way through and see what could have been and i and that that bothered me that bothered me while i was coming when I came back and I played it bothered me in retirement, and so it was almost like you know it was almost like. All of that was sort of released, and and now it's like you're in this rarefied air. It just it just kind of validated my career to myself, you know. And 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 so I, I, it was just weird. Anyway, that that probably was was you know the ultimate, and um, to to you know to be you know to be enshrined into the Hall of Fame. Um, that was was something that um, really touched me. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, man.
1: Love it. So every night, I mean, every podcast, here we go, every night, Lord Jesus. Every (laughs) podcast we have.
0: We have, it felt like like every night.
1: Yeah, right? We like to highlight uh, small businesses. Um, And so... Our small business of tonight will be Contour Nail Bar. I'm going to do this because I am personally in love with her nails that she puts out there. And during quarantine, she has progressed her business from being super small to actually being featured in the Washington Post and doing interviews and such. So I wanted to highlight her and I wanted to make sure that of course I'm gonna put her information right here at the bottom, her website and put all of her information out there to market her on our social media. But Contour Nail Bar is the website and, um, I mean, she has so many different beautiful nails. She's based, I believe, in the DMV area, which mainly means DC, because <laughs> I know for sure she ain't in Reston. So. Right, right, right.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> so,
1: so uh, you know, I just, I'm, and of course, I'm going to put a beautiful picture of her nails that she puts out there, and they are press ones. And so, yes, contour nail bar.
0: Contour nail bar. Yes. So like,
2: that's awesome. You guys, you know, small businesses, and, and that's you know got to be incredibly challenging during this time uh, of uncertainty. And to be able to navigate all of that, and as you said, grow her business, yeah, and really thrive during you know this 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 time of uncertainty. Face her, you know, her product um, and her yeah, her
1: product. Yeah. You
2: know, which she can deliver. And so that's a credit to her. And then lastly, when did it become DMV? You
1: I know, know, right? It's
2: been DMV. I know. It's been that way for yeah. a while. 40 years ago. It was just, you know, when I would go play ball in the city, or, you know, and I'd say I'm from Virginia, it was always like, oh, you're from Virginia? you from Alexandria? And I'm like, oh. yeah,
0: like, where that at?
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, it was almost like people didn't, didn't accept. Reston in, in Northern Virginia as part of the metropolitan area. Right. They coined this phrase DMV, and it just, like, it's just, like it's that just went,
1: stuck. It's there.
2: It, it works. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It validates everybody, so. Yes, it does. Yeah. When, when did that become the thing?
0: I, I mean, I know I've like been
1: using r- it. Yeah. Radio, for...
0: announcement. radio announcers started calling it DMV, and I think it stuck with, like, Wale had that big
3: song where he called it. He did. Yeah. That's big He did.
1: Yeah. And I actually really listened to him recently and might have heard that song. But yes, yeah. yes, Yeah, I, I feel know. like it's been a few years, at least because I graduated high school in 2006, and I know we've been using it at least since like 2010, 2011.
0: Okay. She, she went to. That's sad. She, she went to Wakefield, man. You know, I
1: did go to Wakefield. Yes.
0: You <laughs> Can't all be Seahawks, sir? You can't all be Seahawks.
1: That's right. You can't all be Seahawks. Okay, sir.
2: against <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> Appreciate
0: it. Because um, Mr. Ben over there went to Lake Braddock, which Brilliant. they weren't. Com- they weren't. Com- it's it's kind of weird because you would think that all of these bigger schools like a Lake Braddock the secondary schools would have been more competitive basketball-wise back in our day, but they really weren't. And I don't know whether it was the demographics or whether it was just, we were just head head over hill above everybody pretty much. I don't know.
1: I like that you said that. Just Just say it.
0: We were up here. (laughs) We were up here. Everybody else was, (laughs) there was some competition.
2: Two things about what Herb said. I mean, one, Lake Brat- I remember Lake Braddock had a massive gym, like like mm-hmm. in Robinson high school, Um but it was was yeah. interesting. We've been on some group texts, Herb and I, but like the amount of talent, basketball talent, that was in Reston and and really in South Reston because North Reston moved to Herndon. I don't know if that's still the case or not. A little it's bit. It's still a thing. A little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: still a thing. Yeah,
2: but like to think about all all the really talented players, the talent pool. And you and I know, at least during our time, like, there were really good players who never Mm -hmm. played varsity ball. There were guys in my class who who I know, you know, for whatever reason, you know, happened. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it was just interesting that you had all this basketball talent in this small, you know, suburban town. Suburban town. And Mm -hmm. uh, and for a period of years. I mean, it wasn't just... Three, four year period. It was 25 years, maybe longer. Right, you, Good players. You know,
0: I mean, think about it. Like mm-hmm. the, the um, South Lakes, even though they never won states, they had a run of seven straight years of winning the region. So that means you beat pretty much everybody in the Northern Virginia area yeah. to get to that. I mean, I know it's one and done, but it's still, you know playing yeah. all those teams, you played different ones pretty much every year, and you would win the the whole region to go to states. Yes, they didn't win states, but they went further than most of the teams in the area uh, for seven straight years, which is unheard of that's nowadays. That's
2: huge. You know? Correct. Yeah. I didn't even know that. that I mean, I, I yeah. didn't understand. That, that's yeah. incredible. That's, that's, yeah. that's dominant.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like, you know, though the the Washington football team, you know, have Are you a fan? About them awful lot. Are you a fan?
1: It looks like we need to change your shirt, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. The Washington, I just like to say it now, the Washington football team.
2: <laughs> your audience is the D M V man. Like I don't know if that's good marketing to have a cowboy. <laughs> I'm with actually, you. Hey, man. Actually, <laughs> I
1: was about to say, actually, you know what? There are a lot of Cowboys fans here yes, compared to Redskins fans. You and know. they will they will come out of the woodworks when you start talking about something and you have no idea that they were Cowboys fans, but all of a sudden yes. they pull out all of their gear, hats, everything <laughs>
0: uh,
1: to talk to you about everything.
0: the uh, so, DMV is deep with, with Cowboys fans. It was it's mm-hmm. very surprising when you go out to like even a Cowboys-Redskins game and
1: all the majority of the
0: stadium is like Cowboys fans. And you're like, oh, I don't feel so bad. Like, I don't need to go to Texas to go to a game. I can enjoy it here. So, yeah,
2: you know, I'll be honest with y'all. I mean, not until all of this stuff happened recently, the, the news with, with the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I didn't even realize Washington still had a football. I didn't realize they had Oh, Lord. I thought maybe relocated to another city or something. Remember Baltimore Colts left to Indianapolis years ago? Right, right, yes. right. I kind of thought, I didn't know Washington still had football. I was kind of surprised,
0: to be honest with you. Yeah, until they came in the news, right?
1: <laughs> I like that. Just wrote them off. Just sure. said, you know what, well, y'all? You know.
0: an article to have them come back oh man man appreciate you coming on g um yes you know we'll we'll probably try to get you on again since you know i think it was a great conversation um it was
1: awesome it was
0: gave us a lot of insight on you know what we've uh, what I've known about you but you know for our audience to hopefully get a little bit of insight about you and um, what we're trying to do on this podcast is actually kind of get real with everybody and try to give them a little bit of, of a piece of different life and different social aspects and different levels of people so we appreciate you coming on man, and you know let, let's just give a little shout out to ben he's always um kind of, of course, on top man. of things for us ben
1: makes and makes up he, all the awesome questions do not think yeah, that it's me or herb okay because yeah. he's, i mean he's,
0: he's basically the the good minority as we say you know because, yes
1: he's the one who know. keeps us together he just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise we fall
0: apart
2: yeah appreciate <laughs> you guys uh, having me on and uh, And and, and congratulations with the podcast. I know that's uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Good luck, and I'll come back whenever you guys invite. Yes, we appreciate Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, yeah, man.
0: Tell everybody I said hi, you know,
2: likewise. Um, um,
0: my mom is getting up in age and she's she's um, she keeps pulling out suitcases of African prints all of a sudden, so (laughs) now she's like, oh. You know what? I want you to send this to Grant. Do you think he, his wife, will wear this? And I'm like, I don't know, Mom. I mean, we're all from the motherland, so I guess she would. So, you might be seeing something in the mail sometime soon, man. You know, maybe, maybe put it in the garage for a couple of days just so we can get all the um, all corona, the corona, corona off of it. <laughs>
1: Just let, it just let it sit, just let it sit, so all the Rona just falls out. It's, it's not going to be food,
0: so don't worry about it, there's,
2: there's no perishables in there. We sprayed, a, we sprayed the packages with Lysol. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's right. Oh
2: my gosh.
0: I'm, I think Lysol has probably made the most money out of all, everybody. We're worried
1: about Zoom stock, and we should have been putting into Lysol. and Lysol every
0: stock, right. Stuff. <laughs> I
2: know it's crazy, well, y'all. Well, I got, I, I gotta run. Yeah, uh, same here. Yeah, but you guys be yeah. good, man, and uh, stay safe.
1: Thank All you right, so you too,
2: much.